Amen. Well, let's pray over the word tonight because I believe God has something for you so we can get moving in 2024. And, and just so you know, I, I completed my fast before I left. So I didn't cheat. I was all done. And I am going to click back in this week for the last week with you guys. So I, complete, I completed the fasting and prayer. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just love you. And we just thank you for everything that you're doing in our lives. We thank you for your precious holy word. And I thank you for the precious Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I thank you tonight that you reveal the word of God to us. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. So I want you to turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 18, verse 1. See the title of this message? Jesus saw their faith. We're going to talk about that tonight. And I'm going to have you examine yourself and ask yourself this question. Does Jesus see your faith? Is there something you're believing God for? Is there faith out there? Is there faith that he's seeing? Because... Jesus saw their faith. When he sees your faith, something happens. But let's look at 18. I just want to, uh, I'm going to just go ahead and read this, chapter 18, verses 1 through 8. It says, then he's talking about Jesus. Then he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart, saying there was a certain city, in a certain city, a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Now, there was a widow in that city, and she came to him saying, get justice for me, for my, for my adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, though Jesus is telling this parable now. This is not just words of a story. This is Jesus talking here. He said, and, and, he, said, and, for, and he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I do not fear God nor regard man, verse 5, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. And then the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge said. And shall not God avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though he be as long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, Will he really, I like the way this translation says it, will he really find faith on the earth? Faith is the, the crutch of everything. Faith is, you cannot get saved without faith. Faith is, you know, believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Amen? Faith pleases God. And so when I was um, uh, reading this scripture and, and, uh, the, the, the part, this next scripture that I'm, I'm going I'm to read to you, um, it was like Jesus saw these four guys' faith. He saw their faith. So many people say they're walking in faith. They're operating in faith. But, they, but, they're, but they're not doing any. What, if I say, well, what scriptures are you standing on? There's no scriptures they're standing on. What have you written down? What are you believing for? Are you believing for a new home? Are you believing for a breakthrough in your marriage? Are you believing for a breakthrough in your family? What are you believing for? There, there, Jesus is looking for your faith. And when he sees your faith, there's great breakthrough. Let's go to Luke 5. He's looking for faith. Remember, faith pleases God. Luke 5, 17 says, One day, while Jesus was teaching some Pharisees and teachers of religious law were sitting nearby, 
It seemed that these men showed up from every village in all Galilee and Judea, as well as from Jerusalem, and the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. I haven't in all 40 years seen anybody bring somebody that is paralyzed on a sleeping mat to church yet. But these men were bringing their friend who was paralyzed on a sleeping mat. They tried to push through the crowd to Jesus, but they couldn't reach him. So they went up to the roof and they took off some tiles. How would you like it if somebody climbed to the roof of your house at Connect Group and started pulling off your tiles because they wanted their friend to get healed? Amen? Wasn't even a relative, was a friend. And lowered the sick man down into the crowd, still on his mat, right in front of Jesus. Now the next verse says, seeing their faith. Jesus saw their faith. Jesus said to the man, son, your sins are forgiven. Who does this man, and, and then they went on, who does this man think he is? The Pharisees and teachers of religious law said to each other. This is blasphemy. Who but God can forgive sins? And Jesus knew what they were thinking, so he asked them, why do you think this is blasphemy? Is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or get up and walk? That to me tells me that healing belongs to us. Forgiveness of sins belongs to us. Healing belongs to us. <clears throat> and then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, take your mat, and go home because you are healed. And immediately, as everyone watched the man, jumped to his feet, picked up his mat, went home praising God. I know I would be praising God. Everyone was gripped with great wonder and awe, and they praised God saying over and over again, we have seen amazing things today. Can Jesus see your faith? That's what popped out at me. I said, God, I want you to see my faith. You know, sometimes we can be, we can be doing just a religious exercise about faith but we're really not stepping out on the water like Peter did by faith. We're really not stepping out like the woman with the issue of blood who kept saying Jesus saw her faith, amen? He, in a situation of paralysis, you look at this and it looked like this man was stuck and he had no hope. You have four radical friends that just wanna get you in the presence of Jesus and they're believing that you will get healed. And, you know, I remember going uh, to some of the years ago, the healing meetings, the Benny Hinn meetings and stuff, and people were bringing, people were just really, I mean, paralyzed and blind and deaf and, and, and babies and, and, and young people. Just people want people healed. People had a heart to see people healed. But Jesus saw something with these four guys. They were not going to take no. They were not going to settle for not having their friend healed. This friend, I don't even know if he was born again until that day. because he, or, or, Well, actually, nobody got born again until after Jesus went, but his sins were even forgiven until Jesus said that. It, it was just these, these four radical friends says, we're going to go, and you're getting out of this bed, and you're getting healed. And Jesus saw their faith. Jesus is always looking for faith. Amen? He doesn't care whether you have a, a mansion or a cabin or long hair or short hair. He doesn't care if you have tattoos or you don't have tattoos. Amen? He doesn't care whether you're skinny or you're fat. He's looking for faith. And I, I think sometimes we don't understand what that means. We don't understand that, that, that 
what is faith? Where, where, how can we operate in faith? Amen? If he can find anybody uh, that has any faith, I'm telling you, it pleases Jesus. In Hebrews 11.6, in the New Living Translation, it's, he's, it says here, So you see, it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that there is a God and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. God is a rewarder. He's looking to answer prayers. He's looking to heal people, not to withhold. He's looking to increase, not to decrease. He's looking to bless people. He's looking to bring the solution to whatever situation that you're in. It may not be something uh, physical or tangible. It could be uh, the wisdom that you need in a situation or the guidance that you need in a situation. But it really caught Jesus' attention when he saw their faith. And I'm asking you, does he see your faith? Are we just constantly in hope? And I, I believe 2024 is going to bring us great things as we step in that faith and fully expect the rewards to show up. Amen? Imagine what went through Jesus' mind when he saw their faith. You know, he, he, I, he just, everybody was in the room. The power of God was present to heal. But the Bible doesn't mention that anybody was getting healed. Just because the power is present, it doesn't mean you're going to get anything. And I've learned this myself. But when he saw their faith, somebody was believing, somebody was expecting, somebody was talking and speaking, somebody was saying, somebody was acting like the Bible was true, like Jesus was who he said he is. And, I, and, and the one thing that God has been really showing me is when you get into the presence of God, if you're believing God for something, if you're believing, whether it's healing or you're believing for a word from the Lord, you, you, and if you receive a word, you got to grab a hold of that word. You know, we, we, we sit around and we go, well, let's just see if that, that'll happen. Well, it'll, you're just going to not see it. I'll tell you that right now. You got to grab a hold of it. Amen? When he saw their faith, he, he, said, he said, I'm looking. What he was saying is he was looking for faith, and he saw that faith. Anybody here have faith for 2024? Amen. Or are you just waiting to see what happens? Well, we'll just wait and see. No, it is it's time to expect things by faith. This needs to be your best year ever. This needs to be the exceedingly, abundantly, beyond all that you can ask or think year. 2024, it will be more and more. The, the prophecy I read this morning. Amen. If Jesus comes to the earth, is he going to find faith on the earth? Is he going to find your faith? What are you believing for? You're believing for uh, the, the, to put your kids in, 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 the, in, in a certain school, and you don't have the finances. Believe in God for those finances. Are you believing God for, I don't know, to pay your medical debt, and you don't have those finances? Or are you believing God for healing? Are you believing God for um, just your family in different areas, but, but just putting the word to work? I know that I, I have big lists all the time. I have lists on my phone. I have lists on my desks. I have hundreds, and every, like, couple of weeks, I'm pulling them together, and I'm like, well, let's see. I can, maybe I can combine this list with that list, and, 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 and then I have to find my scriptures. It takes time. Sometimes you can't just do that in one day. Whatever it is that you're believing for, find the word of God that promises you the answer. Jesus is looking for somebody that's standing on his word 
so that he can perform the word of God in your life. He is no respecter of persons. Amen? The centurion, remember the centurion when he came and he needed prayer, the centurion servant, and he said to Jesus, he said, speak the word only. Jesus saw his faith. The woman with the issue of blood, she kept on saying there's something about, and we're not going to get into detail with that tonight, but we're going to talk about it this year, about speaking the word of God. And people are not speaking the word of God. And you know how you can tell? Because if you're speaking the word of God, I can tell people that are really standing and speaking the word of God. Because then when you get with them, you, you could tell. They're, they're, not, they're not letting anything out of the bag. They're speaking the word of God because that word of God is so powerful. And we have to believe the word above everything that the enemy is bringing against us. The devil is after the word. When you begin to put the word in your heart and you begin to speak it, the Bible says the devil will come to steal it. He tries to draw you away. He tries to bring the cares of this life. He tries to pull you off of the word. He hates the word because the word will produce in your life. Amen? The Canaanite woman's daughter, remember that? She was tormented by a demon and, 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 and in Matthew chapter 15. And Jesus said, you know, I didn't come to you, but I came to the children of Israel. But, but she said, even, even we will we'll take from the crumbs off the table. Lord. Remember that story? And Jesus saw her faith and he said in verse 28, Matthew uh, 15, 28, he said, woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish and her daughter was healed instantly. Let it be done for you as you wish. God wants to do what you wish. He wants to do what you want. He spoke to the blind man and he said, according to your faith. Our faith has something to do with seeing God move in our lives. You know, I know, I know this sounds silly, but... Um, I just feel, I've, some of you might have heard this before, but I, I remember sharing it years ago, um, maybe not years ago, maybe even more recently, but I remember when I was just saved and just learning things and had my, you know, my Bible and, and, and Pastor Ed bought me a, 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 the Kenneth Hagin Bible for my birthday this year. They're very hard to find and, and just, man, the stuff that's in there, the teachings on faith, it just, it's, it's, they're amazing. It's amazing. You just, you get fired up. You get lit up on the inside with revelation when you start reading on faith. And so, but I remember the pastor's wife was sharing, and she said, we were in a singles class, and she said, you know, I just knew I had to be in ministry. I knew I had to marry a pastor, and I was on fire for God. I just, I didn't even know what a pastor was. I just wanted to be in church all the time. And she said she had to be in church, church all the time, and so she prayed for God to send her a pastor. And of course, he did. He did. She, a guy that was in ministry, and they went and they pastored. And I went home that very day. See, things build faith. When something, sometimes things speak to you, and it's like, wow, you know, that's what I want. I want to be in church all the time. So I went home that day. I'll never forget it. And I said, God, I, I want a pastor. Pastor Ed wasn't even in the church. I said, I want to marry a pastor. I want to be in church all the time. You know, sometimes after a while, I wondered, what, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but it wasn't just a few months later, pastor came in. Within, within uh, six months, I was married to a pastor. Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, I was, I, I just like, just, and I was engaged to somebody else. So, you know, don't ask me all the story about that thing, but it was crazy. <laughs> Anyhow, 
It got me, and he did. You, do you know that, that, that about a year after we were married, I found this little note in his Bible, and it said, um, I can't remember the exact thing, but it said something like, you know, he believed it was the will of God for him and I to be married, because I was going back and forth, and you don't want to hear all the story. But he said, I believe that I received Judy and I married on August 5th, 1979, and, it, and I found it like a year later. He was fighting the fight of faith because he knew it was the will of God. You can't just claim somebody and get weird about it. You better know it's the will of God, amen? I don't know how he knew, but I mean, I thought, man, he really must have knew because I wouldn't have been believing for me. Anyhow, but, but let me ask you, is Jesus seeing your faith? Is he, is he, is, has he seen your faith? You know, and, and faith is radical. It's not just this, well, I'm confessing the word and I'm, no, it's radical. You got to really declare and decree. You got to take authority. And, and I got a few things on here that we'll be teaching about, but you, you got to work your faith. You can't just work it on Sunday. Mikey's a fighter. I'm sure that he works out every day of the week. If you don't work your faith every day of the week, if, you work, if, you're working, if you're working on your profession every day of the week, you're going to become a professional. If you're working on it just on Sundays, you're just going to be an amateur. You've got to work on your faith. You can't just hear a good message. Sometimes I, there's a lot of good messages out there, a lot of good preachers. I mean, I listen to the word all the time. But let me ask you this. Do you just listen to something and, oh, that's good. Oh, that encouraged me. Oh, that, that put me over. What are, you do, what are you doing with the word? What are you doing with your faith? Are you putting your faith to work? If, you, if things are just the same and it's just a cycle, I don't, I don't like that. Do you? We need to have breakthrough. Amen? What's it? What's the title of Sunday morning messages? Yeah. Barrier. The barrier breaking anointing. Well, faith has a lot to do with that. You could, be, you could sit and listen to those messages for I don't know how many weeks pastors preaching them. The barrier breaker anointing. But if you don't do anything with it, it's just going to be a good message. I want the bar What does it mean to have the barrier breaking anointing in my home, on my job, in my finances, in my body? Amen. It's time to stir up our faith. And, and, and the, spirit of, the spirit of faith, it's not just an accumulation of knowledge. It's a fire that when you catch it, it burns in your spirit. You're hungry for the word. You're looking, you're, you're, you're studying the word of God. You're looking at men and women of God who have believed God. Amen? When you get fire, uh, uh, that, that fire, that revelation fire in the word of God, it's, it's, not, how much, it, it's not how much you've learned over the 20 years or 30 years that you've been in, that you've been saved but it's how much you're acting on today cuz faith is a living thing it's alive amen is anybody in here acting on anything today acting on faith what do you if i walked up and said what, give me three things you believe in god for and give me the three scriptures you're standing on you know are you speaking the word? Amen? Are you taking authority over the, are you at, at, over the enemy? Are you acting like the Bible's true? Hallelujah. You need, you, we're believing, and I want you to start believing for this year to be something special, for God to open new doors, new opportunities, bigger doors. Amen? 
bigger things, whether it's your job, whatever situation that in, it's time to it's time to exercise your faith. It's time to stir it up and release it. How do you release your 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 faith? You release your faith in words and expectation. You need to be expecting something. No, this is going to happen. I'm going to have the job of my dreams. I'm going to the college. I'm going to. I've wanted to be. Um, I don't know all the professions. I wanted to be a doctor all my life, but I just, you know, just been whatever. I'm going to go to school. I'm going to believe God, and I'm going to make that happen. I'm God's going to. I'm going to put my faith out there and believe that God will open the door for me. Amen. Hallelujah. The Word of God says that the just shall live by faith, okay? And that means a few things. That means that faith becomes a, a part of your life. But let me tell you something. Faith is a fight. It's not going to be something simple, okay? You got your, your, your scriptures, you believe in God. You know, it's funny. I always think these things, you know. I always say, God, and, and today probably everybody in the world has pen and paper, but I used to think, God, how to, you know, how do people in other countries that don't have pencils and papers write things down? We think of the dumbest things sometimes, you know what I mean? It's just like, you know, if they're believing in faith, because I'm, I'm a writer. I write everything, you know? And, um, but, but they find ways to write them down. I found out that they find, they'll write them in the dirt, they'll write them in the trees, and you look at the men of faith that are building 50 and 100,000 seat auditoriums over in Africa and many different nations because they got a hold of the word of faith and they put it to work and they believed God and God drew in the people, God built the buildings. I mean, it's amazing when you listen, listen to Bishop Oedipo. I, I've been listening to him for a while and have some of his books, but it's amazing. They, they, he just got a hold of It's God's Will, It's Prosperity from Gloria Copeland, got a hold of that book and revelation flowed through him. He knew God had called him, and he didn't know how to make it happen. And they, I'm telling you, in the middle of a jungle, built these beautiful sanctuaries. And, and, and when you hear them and you listen, I listen to some of their prayer meetings. Every one of them, they're praying in faith. They're believing stuff. They're, 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 they're believing God. They're, they know that it's not in their hand to do it, but it's in God's hand. And when you put God's word to work, God's word goes out there and God begins to move and Jesus sees your faith and things begin to happen. Amen? But it is a fight. 1 Timothy 6.12 says this. It says, well, it's only 6.16. Boy, I got a lot of time left. 1 Timothy 6.12. It's funny because the clock just said 6.12. They're moving it back. Isn't that funny? It did. It just said 6.12. It says, fight the good fight of, for what we believe. Hold tightly. Say tightly. We got to get tight with our faith. We got to be intentional. Hold tightly to the eternal life that God has given you, which you have confessed so well before many witnesses. Fight the good fight of faith. It starts out with a fight. That means there's going to be a fight. If you don't like to fight, you're not going to like living by faith. If you don't like to fight, I'm telling you, I don't care what situation, what circumstance you're in, your family, your finances, your body, I'm telling you, 
when you step out in faith, the power is there, but we're going to have to put our faith out there to draw upon that power, and Jesus will see our faith, and every situation can be changed. Amen? If you're going to just lie down every time a giant comes around and be passive and give up, you're not going to do well at faith. But faith is what pleases God. God knows what you have to do, and when he sees you fight the fight of faith, and you're acting and you're operating in faith, that is what pleases him. How many of you have been in a faith fight? Amen. I mean, I, we've been in faith fights. We've, we've, we, you know, we're always in a faith fight. But sometimes it comes down where the rubber meets the road. And that's kind of what you find out what you're made of. We've been in those situations where we've had to speak uh, faith in the midst of fear and adversity. And, and just things coming against us. But there, many times things look impossible. It looks like it, it can't, it just can't happen. And, and it probably can't naturally. It might have been your body. It might be your finances. It might have been your children. But there's going to be a fight. And you better learn how to fight the fight of faith. If you want to really work in the kingdom the way God operates and gives us instructions, we have to learn to do something with that. Amen? And listen, if, you don't, if, if you're not fighting the fight of faith, the devil knows, and he'll just whip you around and do crazy things, anything he wants. Because the devil knows if you know. The devil knows if you know. And if you're a fighter, you've got an attitude. You know, I, had, I, I, I was thinking about this today, and I've, I've shared some of this, but I had an attitude when I was young. And I don't know where it came from, but... I remember, Pastor talked about, you know, this morning about when people are spoken, when words are spoken to you when you're young. This was a stupid attitude, but I was kind of thankful that, I, th I think that's why I was so, when I got saved, I was completely convinced. I was so thankful to God because I was completely convinced that I, I should have been dead. I really was, the things that I got involved in. And I was so thankful that God saved me. But, but I remember some, somebody, I don't know where, but I always remember hearing this. If you act afraid, they're going to know, and they're going to kick your butt, kids in school and things like that. And, and man, I did not, I was not, I was not a big woman like I am now. No, I was little and skinny and... Uh, and, but I was not afraid. I mean, if kids did so, I, I would chase, I chase kids into the, uh, the Roxbury projects just because they did something to me at school and I would chase them. They, I remember they beat me up in the, remember those closets in the back of the classrooms? And I was like, I'm gonna get her, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, and I would chase her home and I'm fighting her on the steps of the projects and, I mean, I did, I, I just, I just was like not afraid to fight. And, and so I had this attitude. It was, and, 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 and I had this, let me tell you this one story. I have a cousin named Betty. Anybody hear my story about my cousin named Betty? Betty, we were close to my, uh, my Aunt Florence. They had eight kids. We had seven kids. And Betty and I went to the same school, but she was a couple of grades over me. And Betty was big, and Betty would protect me. So I was... You know, I got Betty. And so one day, I was walking home from school, and here comes this whole gang of girls. And they go, 
where's your cousin Betty? And I go, I don't know. Like, you know, I'm acting like all that. Well, she ain't here now, is she? And they were, they were these, one of those girls was really big. And I was like, I mean, we're getting ready to fight. And I'm telling you, I, I, believe, that, I believe God had me protected. All of a sudden, on the other side of the street was Betty. <laughs> she come walking over with her friends. And I said, and they all were like, and she was like, so what's going on here? And they're like, oh, nothing, nothing. And that girl that was going to kick my butt lived like three houses down the street. Her name was Linda, by the way, Linda. <laughs> I don't remember her last name. And uh, she became my best friend. <laughs> but I mean, it was like, it was like, I don't know. I don't know why I had that attitude, but I had that attitude. And we need to get that attitude in faith. We need to not let the devil kick us around. We don't have Betty anymore, but we got Jesus. We got a big brother that destroyed the enemy, that, that took the keys to death, hell, and the grave, that gave us the authority that we can stand up to him and all his demon cohorts, and we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to have a victim mentality. We can have a victor, a victor mentality, however it goes. Amen? But honestly, it's going to be a fight, but we have everything we need for the fight. We have the weapons of our warfare that are mighty, to the pulling down of strongholds. We have the armor of God. We, these have been given to us for the fight. We can't lose with these weapons. We, we have the powerful word of God. We've been given authority over the power of the enemy. And honestly, when you know who you are in Christ, that you're seated in heavenly places, then you know your authority. Amen? But you can't hold it in. You got to get that word in you, and then you need to speak it. You need to say something about it. When the battle comes, when the thoughts come to your mind, you need to speak out loud. No, devil. No. No, that's not happening. Yeah, right. You think so, but it's not happening. I'm not going there, devil. And when the devil attempts you to do something or speak about somebody, or no, I'm not going there. I remember in the fast, just thoughts would come, you know, and, and uh, not about you, of course. <laughs> but I'd be like, I'm not speaking that. That's from, the, that's from the pit of hell. Amen? That's, you know, yeah, right, devil. You've you got to speak the word of God, and you've got to speak out loud. Um, one of the things that Kenneth Hagin said, he said, a man gets what he believes for in life. Nothing more and nothing less. And he shared a testimony, Kenneth Hagin. Some, a, man, a young man shared a testimony that he went to Kenneth Hagin, and, he, and, he, and he, kept, he was going over all of his problems, and he was, but this, and I did this. And, and Kenneth Hagin said this, like, must have repeated it like five times. A man gets what he believes for in life. Nothing more and nothing less. What are you believing for? What are you believing for? Jesus said in, Mar in Matthew 9, 27, he said, according to your faith, be it unto you. In other words, you can develop your faith to the point that you can say, I know that I have full assurance of faith. Amen? There's going to be a fight. No matter what the doctor's report says, you find out what the word says, and you stand and you fight it. You declare that. No matter what your checkbook says, no matter, you know, today, 
you know, when, when I look at what people are paying for a home or, or rents or whatever they're doing, I'm thinking, I, th I think to myself, boy, what I've been able to believe for that, man, I'm, I had problem believing for 500 a month, you know, it just, it's just crazy today. But with God's word, it, it, it's nothing to God. It's just a drop in the bucket. Amen. And I was thinking about having that attitude of faith. You know, um, I, you probably watch, some of you probably watch football, some of you don't. But, but when, I, when a guy scores a touchdown, especially when, when, when they do something on the other team that you don't like, and then they, they go, ah, yeah, in your face, hitting their helmets, you know, and all thing, and you just wanna, you just wanna say, oh, you just think you're something, just wait, you're gonna lose at the end, you know? Or something like that. But they had these, they had this attitude. They don't have a losing attitude. They have a victor's attitude. We need to get some fight in our spiritual life. Amen. Hey, listen, Jesus was meek, but he but he went into the house of God and used that whip, didn't he? Amen. And he drove out the money change money changes. But you have to practice the word of God. I want us to close with, I'm going to look at Mark 11, 23 and 24. And I want to share um, uh, Kenneth Hagin's testimony. And let, let me just share this with you because it, it will just, it will change your life. He was bedridden for 16 months with terminal organic heart conditions. He was only 16 years old and an incurable blood disease. And his body was almost totally paralyzed. He was healed and called to teach faith. He, he was laying in his bed, and God spoke to him. He was reading through his Bible. His, his gra grandma would prop up the Bible so he could read. And he got to Mark eleven twenty three and 24. And God told him, if you'll believe this and you'll do it, you'll get out of that bed. You know, a lot of people think that Kenneth Hagin put Mark eleven twenty three and 24 in the Bible. But I'm to, here to tell you tonight that Jesus did that. And, he be, and, and this is just a short summary. If you ever get a chance to read his testimony. But he believed and he got healed at 16 years old. And he had to act out his faith. A lot of times when he didn't even feel like it. When he didn't, he couldn't get out of bed. And he would t take that step out of bed. And he'd have to hold on to a pole. There was so many things that he had to do. But he believed the word of God. And he acted on the word of God. And then God told him to teach faith. And he went out into the world. And, and you know what? It's not like he didn't have battles. Like sometimes you hear testimonies about these great men of God. Even after that, he had battles. Even after that, he had to walk in faith to believe God for his heart, to believe God for fine. He had to learn. God had to teach him how to believe him uh, for finances and so forth. And he says this uh, in Mark 11, 20, uh, Mark 11, 22 uh, through 26, it not only gives you instructions on how to walk in faith, but it, but it also, um, it's not about only how faith works, but it also brings the biggest hindrances to faith. What will stop your faith? Just in that one portion of scripture, what will stop my faith from working? Let's just go ahead and read it real quick. Mark 11:22 through 25, it says, then Jesus said to his disciples, have faith in God. I assure you that you can say to this mountain, may God lift you up. Jesus is talking here. And throw you into the sea, and your command will be obeyed. All that's required is that you really believe and do not doubt in your heart. You know, what is the mountain? What is the mountain? It's whatever is standing in your way. 
It could be sickness. It could be finances. It could be something going on in your life. But he says, Jesus said, he said, you can speak to that mountain. All that's required is that you really believe and do not doubt in your heart. Listen to me. You can pray for anything. And if you believe, you will have it. Verse 25, but when you are praying, first forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. Amen? So, it, 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 and, and I'm not going to break this down a lot tonight, but he says, you know, over and over, in verse 23, he said, you got to speak to your mountain. you got to speak to it. Amen? Verse, he talks about how faith works in verses 23 and 24. And then in verses 25 and 26, he tells you what the biggest hindrance of faith is. Uh, let me read you this quote by Smith Wigglesworth. He said, any man, this is really good, any man can be changed by faith no matter how he may be bound. You know what that means? That the devil cannot make a bondage that your faith cannot break it off of you. He cannot create or make a bondage that your faith cannot break it off of you. And, and I love in this scripture, I don't think that Jesus would have said it if he didn't mean it. He, in these scriptures, he says, whosoever and whatsoever, whosoever shall say, whatsoever you desire. God knows what he's doing. And everybody tries to, oh, well, that's not really what God meant. You know, what if I desire the, uh, you know somebody to die or something like that. Come on. Come on. Anything according to his will, whosoever and whatsoever. And, and, then, and then look at Hebrews 11. I'm almost done here. I'm all over the place. But look at Hebrews 11. There were some pretty tough people in Hebrews 11. There was Samson who messed up. There was a prostitute in there. There was murderers in there, Rahab the harlot. There were, there were a few liars in there. And, and, and when you look at they, they have people in, 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 in Hebrews 11, it's shocking some of them when you read about their lives. But they operated in faith. And Hebrews 11 says, by faith, by faith, Abraham, by faith, Moses, by faith, David, by faith, Joshua, by faith, Sarah, by faith. In other words, by faith. In other words, faith neutralized and canceled the past and brought them into the mercy of God and the goodness of God. Their faith neutralized what the enemy did. They put their faith out there. Rahab had her faith out there. Abraham, and it says in, it says in uh, Hebrews 11, 20 times, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. It starts out in Hebrews 11, 6, where it says, Hebrews, uh, in, in, uh, in Hebrews 11, 6, it says, where faith pleases God. Amen? But by faith. Listen, by faith, by faith, by faith, God chose that phrase 20 times. Amen? And you might say, you might be saying to me tonight, Pastor Judy, how am I ever going to overcome this situation? It just keeps coming around. I, I, you know, this is, this is a situation. By faith, by faith, by faith. You got to grab hold of the promises. You got to tighten up and you got to fight. Listen, you might be saying, how am I ever going to cross that bridge? By faith. How am I ever going to make it to a million dollars a year? By faith. 
You can do that. You can do that. People say, oh, oh, that's just a pipe dream. Well, it's not a pipe dream to me. We need millions to get into what we want to do. Amen? Amen. Now, you're going to have to exercise your faith. You're going to have to take some steps. Amen? And let, and let me say this. You know, you can all be excited. You can all leave here tonight, even though you all look kind of like, oh, come on, hurry up, Pastor Judy. You can, all, you can all leave here like, I'm going to operate in faith. And you might just feel like jumping off a bridge come Tuesday. You better have your faith scriptures with you. You have them with you. Amen? Hallelujah. And, and, and I just want to, these couple of scriptures here, Romans 3.25 talks about, you can write these down. It talks about faith in the blood. We talk about the blood and we plead the blood, but we better have faith in that blood faith in that blood and what it did for us. We talk about the name of Jesus. Acts 3.16 talks about faith in his name, having faith in the name of Jesus. Amen? God told the children, and, and God, this, this, this is really good here. I know I'm running late. That's why I'm, I'm blabbing here, but I want you to hear this. God told the children of Israel, I'm going to give you the promised land. It's yours. By the way, He's talking to them. He said, by the way, somebody is in there, and they happen to be giants, but you'll have to take it from them. You got all these promises, but the enemy is the God of this world, and we just need to go ahead and take what belongs to us. Ten of them said, we're grasshoppers. We're not able. Two of them said, we are able. In Jericho, God told them before the walls fell down, he, fell down, he said, you're going to have to shout. That was going to take faith.